Hi everyone, welcome to my second episode of my podcast. Um, I have like a pretty close friend here with me as a guest. Uh, we've known each other since high school days and just through our similar interests, we kind of maintained and became, I guess, closer friends throughout the years. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to uh, quickly introduce yourself? Hey, I'm David, the friend. Uh, <laughs> I've known uh, Vincent for, I don't even know, probably like more than 10 years at this point. Um, and then we went to the same high school, same college, and we work in the same city now. We live like a couple blocks down from each other. So I guess like in some ways we've been together for a pretty long time. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, like come to think, like I, I try to think back of like when we first kind of met and I feel like it's very blurry because um, mm-hmm. during our grade in high school where we uh, first met, we were, like we had a pretty large friend group with like a lot of mutual friends, right? And we would yeah. consistently like, like take up two tables in like the north cafeteria for lunch and we yeah (laughs) yeah it was really nice because i feel like it was a bit different from a lot of other people's high school experiences where um, their high school experiences were more formed in terms of like uh different cliques and smaller groups while Mm -hmm. overall we had like a large group of friends but but when i think about david zhang in high school i think about like the five like people right like the five friends. oh, so it's like, oh it's like the, the capital yeah exactly yeah so it's like right. the 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 core the core like five group that david was kind of part of was um david cho tony fang wyatt liu sean and and then uh, yourself and right and that like you guys stuck, yeah you guys like stuck together essentially for yeah. like, like every time i see you guys you guys were just like all together I actually think that like yeah in high school like you always have your your boys or like your crew yeah um, like you have like other friends beyond that but they're like your main people that you hang out with and i guess uh for me that was those group of guys like for you i guess it was your uh like dan ryan and Vivian and yeah yeah I, I i mean like even so like how do you like meet um like them and stuff like what's through like elementary mm-hmm. school uh, let's see how did i meet them i think like in elementary schools when i met david cho tony and Wyatt all at once Okay. Uh, I transferred into elementary school, and I think the first day they just talked to me and asked if I wanted to play basketball or something like that. And we hung out ever since all throughout elementary school. And I think how we met Sean was just um, probably like in grade eight, like one of the very first days of high school. There was just like really extra AF kid who was in like all of my classes and all of David Cho's classes. And we just started like inviting him to stuff because he's just like kind of a character. Oh, and then okay. he just ended up being part of our friend group because of that. Oh, I just assumed like all five of you guys were like came from Capitol. Um, uh, I thought it was Cap Four featuring Sean. The Sean, I don't even know where Sean went for elementary school, but he didn't go to our elementary school. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, essentially, I think like I met you around grade eight or nine. It's probably one of those like yeah. bigger friend group type of events. Uh, we used to have like a lot of those get-togethers. But um, so yeah. so before that, you you went to Capitol for elementary school. Do you like? Do you always stay around like the Burmese North area since you've immigrated? I, I I know. I think like you told me that you were born in China, right? Um, yeah. So I was born in China, and then I moved over to Canada when I was about I think like five years old or something like that. Like right at the beginning of elementary school. But I, I actually spent most of that time near Marlboro Elementary, like near Metro Town. So I went to like Marlboro Elementary, and oh, then yeah. after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to Marlboro for like the first like grade one, two, something like that. Yeah, and then after that, I moved up to SFU actually, where I spent most of my elementary school, 
because my dad was studying there at the time and then you could get like housing there for free if you had a family or something so we lived at sfu and then i would take the bus down to go to westridge elementary oh and then, oh actually mm -hmm. I, I, like so um the time that you know dan ryan them came to seattle and you like showed them around facebook they were like oh they they remember you from like elementary school oh yeah that's yeah Oh, I, okay. I remember Ryan went to Westridge, but I know like Edward Chow went to Westridge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, Dan Ryan yeah. went to uh, Westridge too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was kind of confusing because I thought you went to like Capitol Hill, so you know what I mean? Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, they look very familiar, and I think I probably saw them like walking around the same halls I did when I was like grade five or whatever. Yeah, um, and I, it's actually kind of surprising that uh, I didn't realize your um, your dad um, kind of studied at like SFU here. Like usually, like when it comes to like immigrant parents like like my parents for example like they just kind of came and just started working like they didn't really mm -hmm. have like time to like study and stuff so yeah i was actually always wondering about that because the way it was explained to me when i was younger is that apparently you need to have a degree here or else like no jobs recognize it yes yeah, yeah but... no, i mean that, that is the case for like for like my parents yeah Oh, I see. Well, how are your parents able to work then if they... Yeah, so, have... so um, I mean, I can give you, like, a bit of, like, background about my parents because I don't think I've, like, told many people. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, they, they worked in, um, uh, like, computer, um, like, technical, like, CS stuff in China for a bank. Mm -hmm. That's how they met and um, got married. Mm -hmm. And when they moved over here, they kind of had to, like, give up that type of knowledge um, and degree. Right. Um, and, yeah, so, like, my mom kind of just became, like, an accountant. Um, the classic just like, mom, easy, yeah. yeah, just typical immigrant uh parent thing and then my dad um is a uh, electrician for like eight chinese companies so like, did he have to redo his like like how did he get certified for that did he oh, get, like, it's, get... it's just like a chinese company so you don't really get certified so, so, so they hired him even though he didn't have any training in it yeah, like, yeah. it's just training, like so. if you could do it then you can do it type of deal. uh gotcha, yeah. i see yeah, yeah my so... dad never applied to those types of companies i guess that's why he needed the degree okay okay and, and is is like are your parents still like working now or have they like retired um uh, they're still working now, although it's switched a bit. So, like, what happened at first was uh, my dad was supposed to be the sole breadwinner because uh, he was the one with a degree and my mom didn't have a degree. Mm -hmm. uh, but after he came here and got his master's, I actually know he didn't get a master's. He got a second bachelor's in okay. biology, I believe it was. Like, the job prospects weren't super good, so they decided to just switch it up. Yeah. So now it's my mom working as an accountant, just like your mom. And then my dad's the one, like, staying at home and taking care of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember, like, ever since, like, high school, you mentioned, like, your your mom was like uh, up north in Yukon, right? Um, yeah, exactly. The, the job market is so tough. Yeah. yeah, like you can make twice as much working in the Yukon as you can in Vancouver, so. Yeah, and, and honestly, like just throughout high school, like I've always known David Zhang as like the really fucking smart kid. Um, and, like, <laughs> and, and the thing is like, he's extremely humble about this. I remember very specific scenarios. So I remember um, one day we were just hanging out and Sean and out of nowhere was like, Oh my god, do you guys hear that like David Zhang got like 2300 on the SATs without barely like studying for it or some shit like that? And he was just like, and it just throughout high school and even like university, it's always like other people bragging about like your like academic success. Like that's like a pretty interesting trend, don't you? Like when you say, Okay, I mean, like maybe this is just gonna sound like I'm trying to sound humble, but like I really don't think what I did was that amazing. Like, Sean's definitely overhyping me, and I think to some extent, once people have this impression of you as a smart person, then like everything else you do, like people just keep on adding onto it. Like in reality, like there are a lot of smart kids at Burnaby North. Like some of them are like far more smart, far more successful than I am. I think. Yeah, so. yeah, no, but but it's just like I just remember like that one conversation. Um, 
know about David Zhang. What, okay, so so just to clear the air, like what was your SAT score? Because you, you kind of just took it for fun, right? Like, do you ever expect to go to the states, like in the future potentially, or do you just want to like right. keep options open? Uh, so I guess I'll just say my score first. So I got twenty two thirty, which is not twenty three hundred. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. not that good. <laughs> uh, but uh, the reason I took it was actually just because I think this was in grade twelve, so like right before graduating already. I just found out from a friend of ours, Blair, yeah. who now who went to Princeton in the end. Yeah, he's he told also me about, Harvard, by the way, but yeah. Oh, man. Um, but uh, he told me about how, like, there's needs-based financial aid in the States. Because up until then, like, I had always assumed that I wouldn't be able to afford going to a state school, which is, like, probably true because the tuition is, like, A, more expensive, and B, it's in USD. And my parents don't have that kind of money to send me to, a, uh, to the States for school. Mm -hmm. So I just, like, completely ruled it out for most of my high school. But uh, it wasn't until I talked to Blair in, like, grade 12 about this, about how, like, there are schools, only the top ones, where if you can just get in, then they'll make sure you can afford to go. So, like, if that means giving you a full ride, then they can do it. Yeah, no, for so sure. When I found out about that, I was like, maybe it's worth actually giving it a shot. But this was, like, already, like, near the end of grade 12, like, right before you had to send in the applications. Yeah. So I didn't have a lot of time. Like, there been other people who've been like studying for SATs, like doing their essays, doing extracurriculars their entire like high school career already. I was like way too late. So exactly. I just, like, whatever. No, yeah. Which is why it's like extremely impressive because you like found out about this, you know, grade 12, like, like most people who like want to go to the States, right? Like some of our mm -hmm. like friends in um, high school and stuff, they, they prepared it like throughout like the five years of high school. Um, mm -hmm. While you kind of just heard it like last minute and stuff. And I would say like, I actually like also wanted to go to the states, um, but I was just mm -hmm. like I wasn't like um, aware or like the the information wasn't like presented to me because my parents never, yeah like they don't understand like the Western education system too well. So, Same here. Yeah, yeah. They, they never really gave me the opportunities to like oh yeah you gotta like prep for SATs. I didn't even know what SAT was until I remember um, talking to Jason Zhao because we had an AP comp side together and he's like. Right applying for like Chicago University and he had to like take these SATs and I was already like grade 12 at that, that time so I'm like oh well that's too late you know it's fine I'll just yep. take Canada. <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was basically my mindset as well and I think it is a bit unfair because there's probably a lot of people from our high school or just like like Canada in general who could have gone to these like state schools but like they probably didn't even know yeah they could afford to and they existed exactly and I, I definitely think like the the financial part was like I, I mean just speaking with um, a lot of the americans that we know now uh mm -hmm. like their tuition is like ridiculous like like mm -hmm. oh my gosh like i don't think like yeah my parents could have been close to helping provide for me uh in that regard yeah definitely not so okay so you essentially kind of settled um down to um study in canada and uh, mm -hmm. what like what schools do you i mean like I, I knew like which school you ended up with, but like which school did, right. you, did you like apply for? And like, what was your initial like intent from like right. your high school mindset of like, oh, uh, I want to potentially study this when I go to the university? Yeah, so I uh, did that really stereotypical Asian thing where I thought I wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> uh, I mean, not really surprising, but because of that, I basically just applied to all the schools in Canada that had good med school programs because my plan was just to do like undergrad and then go to med school at that school because you have the highest chance and then go be a happy doctor and make my parents proud and all that stuff. <laughs> so I think I applied to like McGill, UT, UBC, like the top three and yeah. then I applied to some other random ones in Toronto too that I kind of forgot, like Queen, yeah. McMaster or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I ended up choosing UBC, as you know. 
yeah like was there like a reason like you just didn't want to go to the east coast like you felt like more comfortable mm-hmm. or like more like cost effective if you stayed locally i think it was a combination of a couple things actually so like one is obviously the cost because uh, even though tuition is roughly the same you would have to pay a lot more housing to go out yeah. there and the other thing was kind of like a comfort thing for sure because um like i wanted to stay near all my high school friends i wanted to stay in a city that i knew i wanted to like just not have to like completely uproot my life and move half like across the entire country and redo everything again basically and uh that's why i chose ubc although in some ways i kind of do regret it like i remember we had this conversation too like Mm. multiple times in college about how like it would have been better if we probably did not go to ubc and just relied on like having the same friend group same high school friends all throughout yeah and um i actually want to get to that a bit later because i definitely think like our first year if just completely felt like high school but um, university of bernie north (laughs) (laughs) yeah and actually um like i i just had this thought like right now it's really surprising because you know like the the core five of you guys the cap hill five um Mm -hmm. like you guys all um essentially or like like why and um i I think like why recently graduated with like a master's in like physiology but i think yeah david cho and tony they're med school right now so like i feel like you guys all like had that type of mindset of like going to like the whole like health um health industry yeah so yeah david Cho's in dentistry i believe and uh Mm -hmm. and sean is in law school so we ended up with basically the holy trinity of like asian careers like like make the make the Asian parents proud type of fucking exactly <laughs> yeah but I, I, the way I actually kind of think about this is that like most Asian kids the thing they optimize for is like prestige and money and like career stability mm-hmm. um, so I actually don't think most of you who go into health are like extremely passionate about like helping people or save the world or anything like that mm-hmm. they do it because like it pays a lot it's pretty prestigious people think you're smart your parents will be proud of you and it's like relatively stable because people are gonna like keep dying until the end of time basically yeah no so, and I, I i completely understand that i i think like especially especially like immigrant kids right especially like us mm-hmm. like first generation like we we essentially came to like you know vancouver or like just any other like north american city and um right like, like i i think we're super grateful that like our parents gave us the opportunity to even be here but um mm-hmm. there's like a lot of things yeah growing up where i also feel like um, I want to do certain things where I want to potentially uh, raise a family here and give my kids like the opportunities that I've never had. So for instance, like learning about like if my kids want to go to like a school in the States, like I mm-hmm. think I have inf- enough information now or like at least the resources to help them through that while like our right. parents didn't. And I, I think like mm-hmm. that comes with like the stability and yeah, like you know like, the benefits of like being in these type of like typical like top five like asian careers (laughs) yeah for sure i think like in a way uh maybe i'm just speaking for myself i can't say for all immigrants but like coming from a background where you're kind of the underdog like our parents don't know english don't have money no education and there's no one to help them either there's no family here or very little family at least yeah coming from that background you kind of want to start punching above your weight you want you want to start from like the bottom and rise to the top of like society so that'd be becoming the doctor, becoming a lawyer, something like that. Yeah. That's why I think a lot of these Asian kids always end up doing these types of careers because they want to like go from the bottom to the top, basically. Yeah, I, I have like the exact same feeling. And I, I remember very, very clear, um, like I, I honestly, like in elementary school and high school, I was kind of salty about certain things. Like I remember like um, actually like in 
in Lockdale, grade seven. I remember, uh, I mean, like our high school friend, like Nashon Wong. Dude, this guy had like mm-hmm. tutors every fucking day, and right. like to like help him with his homework and stuff. And for for me, like I never had the. Uh, I guess right. access to those type of resources. So I kind of felt like salty. I'm like, fuck, like, you know, if I like yeah. ask my parents for like help with the like, chemistry, first of all, they don't understand English. So like, I think yeah. like if I like ask for their help, we actually spend more time on it than I would have if I just Googled it. Because I mean, like my parents also have like a pride of like getting it right. Cause you know, they're fucking like mm-hmm. parents and just like high school, like grade science. So, um, right. Yeah, while like you know, people like Nashim and stuff, um, or just mm-hmm. like some of like other other friends, they have like tutors every day to like help boost them and stuff. It yeah. was something I was kind of salty about growing up. Oh like, yeah, I I can um, I can relate to that. Yeah, and I, I I like I agree. Like I I'm a sucker for like the underdog stories, and I I do think like our friend group in high school and like university come from like very similar backgrounds. To be honest, I don't think like mm-hmm. uh, any of us are like extremely spoiled. You no know, stuff like that. Yeah, that is one of the nice things I think about Vancouver, or maybe just Burnaby, where we grew up, mm-hmm. because it feels like a lot of the people came from the same backgrounds. They were like first generation immigrants. They had this like thirst to prove themselves. Um, life was like a lot harder for them than for other people who had been in Canada for a really long time. And I think because of that, it's really easy to understand each other, like just in terms of what you talk about, but like your worldviews and your t- sense of humor, what you think is important, and all those things. It's like it makes it very easy to get along. Yeah. And, I didn't really notice this until I left that environment and I went to UBC and to like a more extent, like coming to the States in Seattle, you don't meet as many people with the exact same background as you. So it's, it's, it can be a bit more challenging to communicate sometimes I noticed. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay. So, so, okay. We're going to enter the university years, right? So first year, sure. oh my God, I remember like the first year days again, we, we went to UBC, um, essentially, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us were extremely comfortable in that environment. So uh, mm-hmm. you lived in like Vanier, which is like one of the two like first year houses. First year dorms? Yeah, year at dorms. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I remember uh, you were supposed to room with Tony, right? But then I mm-hmm. think he moved out and stuff. I remember coming over a few times, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then I also remember like, uh in the vanier cafeteria like we had like a facebook group of like university of burnaby north and we always like (laughs) we always like eat dinner with like just our high school friend group which yeah looking back it it might have not been like the best opportunity to like make newer friends mm -hmm. in a um environment like university because we were just so fucking comfortable with each other um yeah yeah i think that (laughs) yeah keep going it's it's like when you go from high school to college it's pretty scary like a lot of things are really different and it was really hyped up to us at the time i remember mm-hmm. about how oh, like college was like completely different like you'll never survive out there like no one cares about where you went to high school no one cares about what you did in high school and like all these things that most of which weren't even true yeah. uh, but because of that it's like really easy to just rely on the same friends that you've always had instead of putting yourself out there in this environment because yeah. it's a lot to again all the so that's why we had that like University of Birmingham North. Birmingham North is where we went to high school. Yeah, uh, University of Birmingham North thing. <laughs> but uh, I agree with you about how like it kind of stunts your growth because like people who went to other schools that weren't UBC, for example, like they had to. It was probably harder for them at first because they didn't have anything to rely on. But because of that, like they were able to meet so many new people. They were able to like have so many more new experiences that we weren't able to have because we just always defaulted to the same people that we already knew instead of putting ourselves out there because it was just easier. 
Yeah, and I actually think like um, I I got to know you a lot better throughout university. I remember first year we had like a few classes together because we were like, oh yeah, GPA booster time, like Earth and Ocean oh, Sciences, oh, Natural yeah. Disasters. Yeah, one fourteen. I remember that one. Yeah, oh my and god. it was so funny because actually, um, my my mindset changed in first year of university. I actually like I I look back to like my first and second year, and I mm -hmm. always. I wish I didn't have this mindset. Like I, I was kind of told by my parents, or it was also enforced by my family that, like, you know, um, once you get into like college and stuff, like it, your grades and stuff don't like matter anymore, or like you know stuff like that. So I, I had like a very different mindset, especially like the first semester of college. I mean, right. hinted like I'd done like a lot of stuff. I feel like. Our high school friend group uh, would look back and be like, "Dude, what the fuck? Like EC or like Vincent? Like, like, dude, this is like I have like out of character, right? Like, I think like I went to like a lot of social events and stuff, and um, mm -hmm. I would say it's stinted my academic growth like significantly. Um, I do remember <laughs> how you look like you just woke. You look like you had like two hours of sleep every single night. Yeah, like when I. Dude, it was so funny because I remember our uh, EOSC one fourteen class was Tuesdays yeah. and Thursdays at three PM. I think. Yeah. And I would oversleep for that class. I remember, yeah, I remember there were that. times where you like messaged me, uh, and you're like, "Dude, like, are you coming to class today?" You wouldn't even be there a lot of the times too. I remember you definitely were not there every class. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was bad. It was bad. I remember uh, I remember coming to you, and I remember talking about like, dude, I fucking like overslept for like a uh, mm -hmm. psych 102 <laughs> exam oh, like, should i like get a w or should i just like take the like the f on the midterm man um yeah that was the text you sent me was like yo david what do you think is worse a withdrawal or like a missing and uh, getting zero on a midterm and i was like oh you see what have you got yourself into oh my yeah God. it was so funny because like i i took like the the psych class for like just as a GPA booster, because uh, I already yeah, like, did, GPA. I already did AP Psych, right? Like I already got a file. Like I didn't yeah. actually, like, need it, so it was like it was pretty. With the missed midterm, oh my god! No, okay, well, okay, it, it wasn't like as bad as I thought it would have been. Like the, the midterm was like fifteen percent, so I only, I ended yeah. up with like a like a B plus in the end because I mean I already did the fucking course in high school, so. Um, right. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I remember. Uh, like first year was a complete shit show and i remember actually a bunch of us we took uh comps at 110 i remember that was a that was very different from like um it, like the ap comps class we did in high school it mm -hmm. like so first of all like um you, you were in like you were in like biology or no no so sorry First year sciences, it didn't like actually like matter like what you were in right like you didn't we Okay. I believe. Okay. Yeah. But but like why do you take CompSci? Like why do you take CompSci 110? Because it, it wasn't like uh mm -hmm. it wasn't on track to your like med school like you know vision right. Then, right? Yeah, that's actually a good question. I'm not exactly sure why I took that. It might have just been because of the friends I had at like had at the time, but like the people I was hanging around a lot at the time. So that's like Raymond and Derek. Mm -hmm. I think they wanted to take 110 because we all took AP CompSci together. Yeah. And we were decent at it. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. It might be kind of fun to try it out in like university. So 
that's why we ended up taking it. But it ended up being like one of my least favorite courses of all time. Because yes. I remember like we were like, dude, this sucks ass. Like I never want to do this again. Yeah, I mean, I remember just like watching those like videos and like trusting the natural recursion. I'm like, this makes like oh, no God. sense. It was, it was yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of it I think is you also took AP Comp Sci, so. Yeah. Going from AB Comsci High School into Comsci 110 at UBC, it's really, really different. Because AB Comsci is like, no offense, Mr. Janeka, but it was kind of a joke. Yeah, like, he didn't teach anything. Like he's just like, as long as it works and it like does the thing it needs to do, like we can just do that. You can just write whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, it was actually super fun to be honest. I actually got into uh, just because like how easy it was back in high school, and it was like a uh-huh. complete joke. Like, yeah, yeah. but then uh, university was a different story. Okay, so I, I guess like in, in first year, besides like. You know, hanging out with um, you know, our typical high school friend groups and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what what else like was kind of on your mind? I think you were just mainly grinding for the whole like pre med slash like med school yeah. dream, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what was mm-hmm. that process like? Um, yeah. So my first year, uh, it was a combination of a couple of things. Like, a I had to get it. Like, I really wanted to get to med school, and I had this belief that like, oh, to get into med school, you'd be like super grinder. You'd have like a hundred percent in every every course, otherwise you won't get in. Mm-hmm. And it was be like, I didn't really try to put myself out there because we had that whole University of Birmingham North thing. So I was like, oh, like I already have these friends. I don't need to make any uh, drastic changes there. Mm-hmm. But what I would spend most of my time doing was just like doing homework, studying, doing lab reports and all that stuff. And honestly, it was it was a lot. First year science was a lot. Like, I don't remember ever a time where like I didn't have something I could have been doing instead. Yeah, so no, I would do all sure. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then was it like second year where you kind of like like what where was like that moment where you're like okay you know med school might not be like the best fit for me maybe I should continue right. with like this CS class I kind of just took with friends type of deal. It was actually at the end of second year, I believe, where I decided that I didn't want to do microbiology and pre med anymore. And okay. the realization I had was like it was kind of always at the back of my mind already because. I think like every Asian kid thinks of the end goal. Like they see themselves as a doctor in a white coat making like 500K a year, like yeah. having a lot of admiration. But they don't see the process that actually gets you there. And it wasn't until I started at UBC that I learned about all the things that you'd have to actually sacrifice in order to be a doctor. So that included things like 10 years of your life in school. Yeah, cause, like cause, you wouldn't even up until you're 30. Yeah, because because uh, like I would say like in, in second year, like you still I guess took some CS classes for fun, right? Because I, I remember like we would have like we would still like sit down um like I guess after class uh for lunch with like Derek Zhang and like uh, William and like Monique and we still like hang out and like talk and stuff. So you were still taking right. CS classes during that time as like an elective. I think I didn't start taking CS courses again until um, second year summer because that's when I actually decided to switch. That time I was in classes with uh, Derek because we were in microbi together and I think Raymond just came to hang out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, uh, I see. like part of the decision was also influenced by Derek because he like decided before me to go into Comsci. And I was like, yeah, he has a point. I kind of don't want to be a doctor anymore either. Yeah, I actually remember, I remember first year after our like <laughs> 10 exam, we were all like, Dude, we're never touching Comsci ever again. Yeah. And then look at this now. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, most of us yeah. are in, like, Seattle. We're all in tech now. Yeah. Yeah. Famous last words. I mean, I think the thing about it is just when Asian kids think of generic, high-achieving, high-pay, high-prestige jobs, like, there's doctor, there's lawyer, there's, like, pharmacist, there's whatever. Yeah. But there's another option that kind of came along recently-ish, and that's tech worker. 
Yeah. And I think UBC was never really a tech school because it's in Canada and it's like not Waterloo, it's not like Stanford, MIT, Berkeley or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So most kids didn't know about it as an option, but all of us kind of discovered along the way that this was an option. It paid just as much, if not more, but it was a lot easier to get into. So that's why a lot of us did switch. Yeah, and, and I remember like, um, so <laughs> like, I remember in, in the end of first year, you actually asked me about uh, potentially doing some extracurricular, like just joining clubs and stuff, right? And I think in second year, mm -hmm. you joined Isaac, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, what was that experience? Like, I don't think I've ever asked you like, you know, oh, Isaac. yeah, like your whole experience with like this club called Isaac. Right. I guess there's just not really much to say there. Like, um, so the reason I did that was because I was fed up with how like first year I was just a grinder. I didn't really do anything about like the quote unquote college experience. All I did was get high marks. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wanted to do something else beyond just get high marks in school. So I asked Vincent over here, like, what are some clubs I should join? I think he told me to join Isaac because Sunny was also in Isaac at yeah, the time. Yeah, I think a few of our mutual friends were, I, I was never in, but I think a few of right. our friends were in. Yeah, well, I, I joined it and it was just okay, I guess. Like, I just never really felt like I clicked that much with the people and I didn't really care that much about what they were doing. Like, Isaac's whole thing is about, like, let's make the world a better place by, like, enabling exchange programs or something like that. Yeah. But it was, like, honestly, like, a huge scam because, like, they would send kids to, like, Africa to, like, build wells or something to get paid, like, a hundred bucks. Like, it's just terrible. <laughs> so it's hard to, like, get behind it like yeah. what they actually do and i didn't click that well with the people there did you so, join um, other like clubs and stuff um in your second year then if like or was it kind of just mainly like isaac, isaac. You, you were like in and out of i think back then i think it was mostly just isaac like i was never really uh i did try to go full into it because that whole thing about like oh you get you get what you you what you get out of it is what you put into it yeah. so i tried to like be very invested in it just to see what i could get out of it but in the end it still wasn't all that much so like oh, i went to all yeah. the meetings went to all the conferences like i did all that stuff but yeah yeah and then yeah okay, so you um you fully switched into cs um in your third year mm -hmm. uh was this mm -hmm. kind of when you applied for like the cs co-op program like you know like or mm -hmm. was that like a bit later so yeah i applied for co-op right away because I don't remember when this came into my head, but it always seemed like a good idea to do co-op because you get free experience and it's a lot easier to get into co-op than it is to get into like a full-time position. Mm. And I think part of that came from how uh, I used to have these two roommates in Vanier when I first started at UBC and they were both like diehard CS people. And they were telling me how they were like rushing into co-op as just to get like the experience as early as possible. Oh, so yeah. I think that's no, no, I mean, it was a great decision for, I mean, like all of us went to the, the co-op program and I remember, okay. Yeah. Then this was the time where, uh, it was September. It was like first semester of third year. Right. And I, I, yes. I remember this was like where I was still like a bit iffy, like I, I wasn't necessarily like too passionate about my CS side of things, but I mean, ever since, mm -hmm. um, like first year, every time I had like classes with David Zhang, this guy would fucking carry me through like literally like <laughs> like essentially every cs class i took with him and i remember back then like i always told him like man if i ever graduate in bucks which is the business and computer science major like i would give you like half of like the cs side of my, my degree <laughs> but um looking back i guess uh, I, I just have to say like you know thank you so much for it but i i do think like if i were to redo it like i wouldn't have done that um i i think like it 
definitely hindered a lot of like my technical development, which I had to like make up in the later years. But definitely, mm-hmm. thanks so much for fucking carrying me through those projects, man. <laughs> I mean, it was a fun time. I do remember our three ten projects. Yes. Like the first day I came in, and across the room, I just see you looking at me with like a huge grin on your face. Yeah, I was like, like, "Oh yeah, dude, <laughs> I, I can focus on something." Else. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but um, yeah, so okay, so was it? the second semester of third year that you uh, did your first co-op? Like, I don't actually remember this specific timeline because, yeah. Right. It was a summer. So it was the summer after my third year that I did my very first co-op. And I did 16 months of it straight because I oh, came into Oh, that's why. Okay, yeah. Okay. I came into it so late. So I felt like I had to just do all of it at once to catch up to the other people. Oh, so you were out of school for like 16 months. I was out of school for 16 months. Yeah, oh, that was like okay. kind of me too but okay yeah i wasn't sure like I was, I was trying to like really hard to like remember when you did your first one okay so so your first mm-hmm. one what was the process like um uh, getting it so like you probably used mm-hmm. like the cs board portal thing that we were all given access right. to right did you just apply yeah, for, like totally. all these fucking like do you even know how to like land a interview at all or even like what a fucking cs interview like looks like back then right so I remember, like, there were a couple of things. Like, the first thing was that I had, like, begged the co-op office to move my co-op schedule up because I think I was originally scheduled to be searching for jobs in the summer instead of, like, starting. Oh, okay. And the reason for that is because I felt like I was already so behind and, like, I would graduate in 10 years if I did my co-op any later. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to just do it ASAP. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that, like, I don't think at that time I really knew about leak code or anything like that i didn't know what tech interviews were supposed to be like mm-hmm. and i didn't know how to write a resume either like the only thing i knew was the uh, cs co-op office's like resume template and, yeah like, yeah the, they just sent to everyone right yeah. yeah that thingy like i just tried to make it look like that and i was like okay well i hope this is good and it was really lucky that i even got a position at all because i remember on scope there was like three companies i applied to all of them only one of them gave me an interview which was the one that i got eventually yeah and their questions were just like extremely easy. Like, what is an interface in Java? Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, I know. Like the 110, 210 days, man. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I was able to clear the interview, even though I didn't know anything about like technical interviews, leak code, and like all that stuff. Yeah. And I remember, so, okay. So you started um, this internship in the summer. And uh, I remember right. you, you mentioned that it was like a start, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah like I, I guess like what, what what was like your experience like like so like i, I guess like after that specific internship were you like oh yeah i do um uh, somewhat enjoy this a bit more you know what I mean? right um yeah so i actually really did not like that internship for a bunch of different reasons but um so i guess i'll go through the reasons like it was a really sketch company it had three employees the office was shared by like five different companies and I'm pretty sure it was like a money laundering front because I would never get paid at, with the actual paycheck. Like what, uh, what would happen is like, I would have to invoice the company in order to get paid. And they I would give me like, told me this before. yeah. And I'm like, this is really freaking weird. Like, why do I have to do this? Like, why are these, all these like companies, like there was a bunch of calls coming in for like all the different company names, mm. but it was all the same offices, all the same staff. So I'm like, what, what is this? Uh, we were just one of them. But um, the thing that I really did not like about it was about how, like, I had to provide my own laptop. Oh, okay. And I only had some, like, junky-ass $200, like, five-year-old laptop at the time that couldn't even, like, run Git without getting really, really slowed down. Yeah. So I just made the entire summer terrible. 
Um, so I, I did not think I liked software engineering, I guess to answer your question. Like after that internship, I was like, this really, really sucks because like the work I'm doing sucks. Like my coworkers were not exactly like super great or good at teaching or anything like that. I wasn't doing anything I was interested in. I was doing like front end or some like stupid thing like that. The yeah. product was like, really bad. The company actually like went under right after it left. Yeah, because, you like, told me. And it became like a terrible. weed company or something, right? Yeah, it became, it became a company selling weed or something, which was really funny because when I got the tax bill for it, like it was under the new company name. My dad was like, why are you working for a weed company? I, like, oh, no, it's, it's, I can explain this. I can explain. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but since you did like back-to-back -back internships, like wouldn't that also right. mean that uh, you searched your net for your next internship like while you were doing your, your yeah. first one, right? Mm -hmm. that's why it was always really stressful for me and I always did four months either so I didn't have any breathing room so it was hard because like I'd have to a move to a new company like potentially move cities as well and get used to like the code base and, like working meeting new people while also prepping for my next job yes yeah, so, 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 like, so your, your, your next company I believe it was a bigger company right like I, I don't know if it's appropriate to like drop the name I mean I'll I, go for it yeah, yeah, I mean it's a Kusui right Hootsuite, yeah. So I went yeah. to Hootsuite after. And, and you were which, still like doing software engineering? Yes, yes, I was still doing software engineering. So I guess like, I just wanted to see if there was something better than the one I was at, because I was really not enjoying it. Mm -hmm. So I applied to Hootsuite because it was one that like everyone talked about, everyone knew about. It was one of like, the quote-unquote cool companies in Vancouver. It's like okay, one of the yeah, only tech yeah. companies. Yeah, it was like a Vancouver base, you know, it was like a super proud startup, like a lot of Yeah, things. exactly. The only Vancouver unicorn, maybe even the only Canadian unicorn besides Shopify. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, how yeah. was that experience like? Mm -hmm. So the interviews were technical, like I got LeetCode-esque questions, but they were not nearly as hard as what you get from like Google, for example. Mm -hmm. But when I got in, I think that's what made me kind of not fall in love, but like see why software engineering can be fun because I had a really good mentor there. He taught me like everything I know about Git and the command line and like how to be effective as a software engineer. Like, so like, you know how like in a terminal you can like press tab to complete your commands and like press up yeah. to go to your laptop? Yeah. Like I didn't even know how to do that. Like that's how like- Oh right, I, I mean, cause we, we just finished like CompSci like 310, right? As like our- Yeah, exactly. Like, they, don't, they don't teach you this in class. Like they teach you about like algorithms and like asymptotics and like stuff like that, but they don't teach you about like how to actually be practically good as a software engineer. Yeah, but yeah, like, taught me all those tricks. He taught me how to like search backwards through your commands in terminal. He taught me like what what Git was actually doing because like I remember before this in Git, like what you do is basically like copy your files to in, like a notepad and be like, all right, let me try some shit. And if it doesn't work, then I'll just <laughs> like or you'll just delete the entire folder and like reclone it because it's just like so messed up. Oh yeah, wait, we used to do that for our classes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've done that too. Like I just did not know what Git was doing. I would just like type some random shit and see if it worked. Yeah, I remember like but, sometimes when we had like a merge conflict, we're like, dude, I have fucking just fucking like redo this whole fucking Python. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That was, was strat. Uh, but this guy taught me like what Git was actually doing. And I think like I learned so much during an internship um about how to be a good software engineer, about what good software engineer looks like. Yeah, and, okay. Yeah, and like on top of that, it was also the um, like the people that I met. Like it was the first time that we had an intern class mm -hmm. because in my first co-op, like I was one of two interns, but the other intern was like a social media something or whatever. So like we didn't really uh, hang out that much. Mm -hmm. But like this one was a bunch of tech interns, and we always like hung out. I still talk to a lot of them today. One of them even works at Facebook actually. Oh wow. Yeah, so we ended up being really tight. Hung out a lot during that uh, fall in Vancouver. 
Yeah. So that is kind of what made me see like, oh, like tech internships can be fun, tech can be fun. And like, I felt much stronger as a software engineer compared to even just like four months before that. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I believe like the, like Hootsuite, um, no, they're, they're like, you would say like the typical unicorns, right? It's like open uh, spacing and it's just uh, like the, the environment and the culture was very, like, I guess, accepting. Um, yeah, yeah. It's very like that, like tech company feel that you see. Like they have, uh, yeah, like you said, open floor, beer on tap, happy hours, board games. Like people just walk around and talk to each other. Yeah. And I always heard about that in articles, but I've never actually seen it. <laughs> and and I, I guess like just through like that whole mentorship and the friends you made there, that was like kind of like, more like what you say that was more of like the defining moments like okay you know like software engineering is cool the money's great you know like mm-hmm. i can definitely see this as like a defining career path um right i guess i never really um thought that i wouldn't be doing it just because like i did not want to change majors again so i was like i'm definitely gonna at least graduate in cs and see what happens after <laughs> okay that. but it did make me realize that like okay tech is like not intolerable like it's not terrible like yeah. my last internship is okay yeah yeah and i, I think again like just because this was like a four-month um, co-op, like you, you were applying for a co-op again, and you got a, you initially got a another Canadian startup, right? In um, for the one after that, or yeah, yeah, in Vancouver. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it, when was, I, uh, it was like two tall totems, right? Two tall totems, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so the whole story of this is that uh, when I was at Hootsuite, I actually started dating this who is from Montreal. Uh huh. And because of that, I really wanted to be with her. So I was trying to get a co-op in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And around the time like I started dating her, I already had an interview lined up with two tall totems. I went in, I got the I passed the interview and I got and what happened was that I asked if I could work in Montreal. Like just remotely. like, like you're, you're like work remotely, even though it's like yeah, Exactly. Like I was like, is it would you be open to the idea of me working remotely? And the CEO, who's the guy who like interviewed me got so offended by the question that he said, this is not going to work for us. We're going to rescind the offer. <laughs> and I was like, what the, what on earth is happening here? Yeah. And like, <laughs> to like a third year student, that's like pretty terrifying. Like what the, like, this is like my third co-op interview ever. And like my offer's getting rescinded. Yeah. And I, I remember I, like, yeah, sorry. Keep uh, going. Anyway. No, so I remember like you, you were telling me about this and I, I think yeah. like the co-op office called you and they got like super yeah. pissed off. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, they, they were like, "Yo, what did you say? Like, why are you even talking directly?" And then, like after that, like the co-op coordinator was like, "You are not allowed to talk to anyone by yourself. Like, all communication has to go through me." Yeah, like that. Like they were, they were pretty freaking upset about that. But I didn't care anyway because I didn't want to go to that company. Yeah. So uh, they. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So I mean, so you you were initially like you know accepted and it got like rescinded. Then does that mean you had to like start the whole like interview process over? like specifically looking for like companies in Montreal then? Uh, yeah. So I don't remember the exact timeline anymore. It's a bit fuzzy, but I, what I think happened was like, I just applied to a bunch of companies, uh, some Montreal, some not. And then the ones that I was like, okay, if it's not Montreal, then like I can at least ask to see if I can transfer it, just keep my options open. Mm-hmm. So I think two thousand was one of the offers that I got, but I eventually got an offer for a company that was in Montreal, and then I just kind of forgot about everyone else, and I just like dropped all the other interviews. Okay, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, you you went to that company right after, right? Like 
I believe. Yes, Shopify. So Shopify was the internship I did after Hootsuite. Yeah, and I, I remember. Um, I I think like especially when, during your like whole like uh, internship grind, so like in like the summer and like the fall, I didn't really have like a lot of opportunities to like catch up with you during this time because I mean we weren't in like the same mm-hmm. classes anymore. And I remember, um, I remember hearing that you were in Montreal, and I was oh, I just yeah. happened to be in Montreal during our uh, like a reading break. Um, right, because of your because my my ex, ex was. Uh, um, my in Montreal, was also in Montreal. So I, I heard yeah. you were in Montreal, and I was like, "Dude, I gotta like, I need to like catch up with you, David." So I remember, right. I, I, dude, it was fucking like freezing ass cold um, in February, uh-huh. Montreal. It was like yeah. negative like twenty something at least. I uh-huh. remember walking over to um, like the townhouse apartment condo that you were living at. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I remember like. Uh, walking over there, I, I came in, and you barely had like any furniture. Like it was, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a uh, that was my first time living alone, actually. So I did not really know how to live. And then I don't know if you noticed, but like all the uh, the kitchen counters were hella dusty. Like the stove, I've never turned it on either. Like I just got McDonald's every day and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. And, uh, I remember catching up with you for like hours there, and then you were kind of mm-hmm. like telling me like the whole story of like how you end up in Montreal. Um, and then mm-hmm. you fucking like hated it there. Oh um, yeah, I was not having a good time. So the reason for that is like actually a bunch of uh, things put together. Mm-hmm. So the girl that I was trying to chase by going to Montreal, she actually dumped me after I accepted the job offer. Yeah. So I was like, well, the reason for going doesn't even exist anymore. And yet I still have to go because it's way too late to find another co-op. Yeah. And the other things is that like Montreal in the winter really sucks. Like this was from January to April. Mm-hmm. It's the coldest possible time in Montreal. So it was like freezing. And I moved to a, like a city where I didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know the language because while people say that like people in Montreal do speak English, like they actually look down on you and they speak very bad English. I so, have the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like effectively it's a French country. It's, it's basically a French country where I didn't speak any French. Mm-hmm. So all those things like made it really rough. And I kind of resented the entire internship. Cause I was like, why am I even here? Like, this is just terrible. Yeah, so but, I was just trying to grab it out of it. But I, I, I do, I do remember uh, speaking to you at this time, and you were like, mm-hmm. like you had like a, like you, you, ha- you have always been like more like one of those like very ambitious and determined people. But specifically mm-hmm. that conversation, you were like crazy. You were like, dude, I constantly go on like CS career questions, like you slash uh, right, uh-huh. like you, you uh-huh. like, cold call a bunch of like um, people, or just essentially you, you try to ask so many people for like references to like get into right. like, the big tech companies during this time, right? right. Like, this was like your major grind. Um, yeah. Period. I think it's because like whenever I do anything, I want to get to at least like a level of success I'm happy about. And for me, that was getting to one of the top tech companies in the US. And yeah. I think started around when I was at Hootsuite, but I kind of realized that like UBC is not a good school for CS. Like it just straight up isn't. Yeah. Because I actually remember having like, this I, very specific conversation with you where it's like, right. man, like we kind of wish that like we went to like Waterloo instead. It's just like there were just so many companies, especially in the East Coast, and I would say like yeah. uh major parts of like Silicon Valley and stuff where mm-hmm. they don't even know what the fuck a UBC is, right? They they only they like look at Waterloo. And because yeah, of our like environment that we were we put ourselves in, like we just mm-hmm. unfortunately lost a lot of opportunities, you know. And we were yeah. kind of like uh, resentful and like salty about that. And remember, we were, like, yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about this uh, specific area. But I, I do think like 
I remember you, you you had like really good things to say about Shopify though. You were like, oh yeah, dude, they like hooked me up with the housing. There was like free yeah. food and stuff like that, and that was something that you were like super attractive to, like attracted to, and I yeah. think like that weighed in a lot of your decision making, looking for your like mm-hmm. next big tech company, right? Yeah. So like Shopify is a really good company. Like I would say, if you want to stay in Canada, Shopify is probably one of the best companies you can go to. Just because of like all the things that I mentioned, like they are similar to the U.S. companies where they will pay you a lot, they'll like get you the housing, do a lot for you. They have free lunch as well. Their office is like really nicely decorated. There's like really good mentorship. Their product is really cool. Uh, they have a modern-ish tech stack and all that, all that stuff. And that's kind of like one of the reasons why, like, I realized what there is out there, like why I should try hard and get to a good company because then I could have all of this and even more. Yeah. So that's kind of what started. And I remember during this time that you were um, you were doing like a lot of research in this area, and I think mm-hmm. you actually taught me a lot about the tech space, um, like throughout through these type of conversations, because I I didn't know like you know a lot of these tech companies could fucking give you like free food and shit, and it was mm-hmm. it was something I was like wow, like that's actually like, yeah. amazing to um, to hear about. So okay, so mm-hmm. what was your um, your grind process like for your uh, next internship? in that summer like the following summer right because you mm-hmm. went back to vancouver and you worked at um, amazon yes so how yeah. did you like go about even getting an interview um for that or just like that whole right. like, study process and stuff mm-hmm. so the amazon process was actually very very lucky so i remember um i was at the height of like my emo-ness because i was like man like he was he sucks like i can't get any interviews anywhere which was the truth yeah. while i was watching all my Waterloo friends, like, get Silicon Valley internships at, like, really good companies without even trying. Like, they literally just apply to get an interview. Yeah. Whereas if you apply and you put UBC as your school, I was like, that's just, like, it needs recycling bin. Like, you just get it tossed. Yeah. So the way I got the Amazon interview in the first place was one of my teammates at Shopify. We were just, like, having a conversation at lunch, and uh, he was like, oh, yeah, I can refer you to Amazon. Like, I have some people who are still there. Now I was like so freaking happy because i was like oh my god yes please would you uh like and he put me in and this was like really late in the process because like usually for summer internships you start searching in september right it's like i had lost all hope um and this was like in march i believe yeah but i got an interview i got an oa Uh, i did that did the second oa did the phone interview and i like was pretty lucky to pass through all of them and i ended up getting an offer to amazon and I actually had an offer already from another company that I accepted. So it was a Wealth Simple in Toronto, if you know it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I had to renege on them because I really wanted to take Amazon because I felt like it would help me grow in my career a lot more. Yeah. So yeah. I prepared this like super, super long apologetic like email about how like, oh, I wouldn't, I'm like, I'm really sorry. Like I was really happy to get the offer, but like I can't. Um and I had that prepared for the phone call. And then the recruiter was just like, Oh yeah, that's fine. Oh yeah. I know it happens like uh, like and you call me a fucking sick. You've done it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but, I mean, like you gotta do, you gotta do man. Yeah. So uh, yeah, exactly. That's why I always tell us that you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Um. So <laughs> so during the shopping for process, uh, like you 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 knew about lead coding, right? Like you knew about crack <laughs> coding interview, and essentially yeah. you had to, like, essentially, you know, while you were working, like a night, like a nine to five job, hypothetically speaking, that like you would grind. Uh, yeah. Like interview questions at night. And you did that for like a shit long time. I would say like you probably really started that during Hootsuite. Yeah. 
I did. I think Hootsie is when I first discovered RCS career questions and I kind of started becoming a fiend. Like I would just like read that nonstop, like figure out all the tips, like, figure out all the best websites, like do all the prep. Yeah. This was the time where I was doing like two to three decode questions a night after work. Yeah. So, like a longer. Actually, I remember before you started at Amazon, you, mm-hmm. you kind of like just kind of tie everything back. You treated yourself on a small trip. Like you went traveling around Southeast Asia with the Capitol Hill Five gang, right? Uh, that was actually after my oh, Facebook no, internship. That was after the Facebook internship. Okay, yeah. okay. Sorry, I'm getting like, mm-hmm. the years mixed up because I've known you for like way too fucking long. Okay, but anyways, never mind. Okay, so you you were you were in Vancouver uh, the following summer um, at Amazon, mm-hmm. and how like I I didn't really connect with you that much during this time because I, I were you in Vancouver or were you? I, no, I was still in Toronto. So so remember when I met okay, you yeah. in um, Montreal? I was doing an eight month co op, so I didn't come back yeah. to. Um, Right, right. Yeah, you weren't there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was like? What was that like? Uh, like, was that was your Amazon experience different from Hootsuite and um, Shopify mm-hmm. were they along the same lines, or, or like, did right. it make you uh, think about certain things a bit differently um, in software? Yeah. So, I guess there are two things that Amazon did to me. Mm-hmm. One is that Amazon was a very like not generous company. Like yeah. you know about this, I, like Hootsuite. So Shopify and Hootsuite, where they would have like beer on tap, like games, nicely decorated offices, like free lunch, free snacks, like happiness everywhere. Mm-hmm. Amazon was very like corporate mm-hmm. and clinical. Like the floor, the decoration, everything was like kind of like the 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 Netflix show, like The Office. Mm-hmm. Like it was just very yeah. like plain, and it felt like everyone was there to do business. No one was really laughing and all that stuff. Yeah. So that was a very big departure for me that I didn't really like as much because it seems kind of shallow, but being in a place that's very like colorful and like lively and like happy does affect me a lot. No, Whereas sure. being in an environment, like it almost feels like a factory for software. Like I did not like that as much. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about Amazon is that it is a top tech company. So the expectations were a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, previously to this, like I didn't have to try very hard at Hootsuite or Shopify. Like I remember I had a task at Shopify that I could have done in like a day. Mm-hmm. I just kept on like dragging it out for two weeks while I watched Dota 2, like on Twitch. Cause like I just, I just didn't do anything all day. But Amazon, like, it's very strict. You have a project that you have to finish if you don't want to turn offer and it's only 12 weeks. Yeah. Uh, really, really have to grind and they expect a lot out of you too. Like you can't just like ask people to like do your stuff for you all the time. Like people are gonna tell you to like, oh, you gotta figure this out yourself. Like you gotta like dive deep and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think I became a much stronger software engineer after doing Amazon just because of how much pressure there was. Like I was working pretty late a lot of times. I was like actually focused at work instead of having like Twitch open on the other screen all the time, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I remember um, after the Amazon internship, this is when you went back to school finally, right? Yes, I finally went back to UBC. Yeah, and actually, I remember our famous meet, uh, seeing you at McDonald's, and then we just ended up talking for hours. Yeah, this was during that specific time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, dude, that was actually like one of my more favorite like, um, mem- like kind of conversations we had because yeah, I essentially didn't see you for like eight months. And then, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we ended up just being at McDonald's just after class. We just started talking a lot. And uh, you yeah. were being very social around this time. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I think this is before this year, but uh, mm-hmm. you were in acapella. Like, did you join acapella, like, during when you got back to school? Or what was that process? So actually, it was uh, the first semester I got back. There was, like, a brief stint of trying to be social because, like, I feel like every year I've been at UBC, like, I was looking for that college experience that I never really found. Mm-hmm. 
And so I tried again that year, trying to be social for like clubs week and like putting myself out there or whatever. Yeah. But what ended up uh, happening was that I tried some things that didn't work out well, including like rushing a frat, as you know, at the McDonald's. <laughs> uh, so that was interesting. But um, what quickly happened was that it got into interview season. So I just, just grinded super hard. Like I remember all I would do is do my CS homework, go get food and do legal questions or like do resume prep and like cold emails and stuff like that. Like I don't think I really talked to anyone that entire semester. No, for sure. And yes, I, I just want to add on to like the whole like our McDonald's conversation. I, mm-hmm. just from my perspective, speaking with you, I was like, right. I was surprised. Like I remember I was interacting with you and I was like, wow, you're like trying to rush for a frat. Like you were uh, joining all these like social clubs that, um, I guess uh, a lot other UBC people would experience in first year. So like the whole right. uh, CVC and like those type of like events and stuff. But at the same time, yeah. like, yeah, you were extremely stressed. Like you were putting yourself through something like, um, like I remember when we chatted in McDonald's is about like mid October probably. Right. And I, I was mm-hmm. like, uh, like you were still like looking for these like crazy tech internships, which to be honest was nearing right. the deadline. Cause, cause yeah. yeah, during recruitment, like it's between like tech recruitment for internships is between like August to like, uh, like end of October. If you want like the crazy good, um, that's the peak of hiring. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Like that's the peak of hiring. So I remember you were extremely yeah. stressed during this time and you were mm-hmm. saying like you were cold calling, you were like reaching out to like a shit ton of recruiters. Um, uh, even though you had like crazy good experience on your resume, you weren't necessarily getting a lot of calls back. I remember. I wasn't, yeah, I was really stressed at that time because I was like, all my preparation, all this lead code is for nothing if I don't get an interview in the first place. Yeah, and I remember uh, at this time you were still interviewing your, I mean, your lead coding your ass off. Like, you had was, like yeah. 300 plus questions. Like, do you remember how much you've actually oh, yeah, done? I, did, I did 200, okay. around 200. Okay, you did around 200. Total. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, but then I, I remember like two weeks after I saw you at McDonald's, you had mm-hmm. like interviews lined up like crazy. Right. And then you yeah. got like fucking five offers, man. I don't think a lot of people know about this, but oh yeah, you got like so, essentially like five mm-hmm. internship offers. Right. I had all the interviews come at once because that was that was really stressful for me because I was losing hope. And I guess one other thing that I forgot to mention was that I really wanted to make a run at a better company. Not better, I guess just like a different company from Amazon. Yeah. So I had a return offer for an internship there, but I just declined it. And I was hopeful that I would be able to get some interviews, but there was a period of time where I declined it and I didn't get anything. I was really, really stressed. So I was like, I gave up my only chance of like an internship. I might not get anything anymore. Mm-hmm. But a bunch of them came and I did end up getting a bunch of offers because of like all the preparation that I did. Yeah. So I was, I was happy about that for sure. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, um, you know, just because just I know you as an extremely humble person, like, do you want to just like say the, the companies you, you got into? Because um, I, I mm-hmm. don't know. So. Right. I actually kind of forgot all of them. I think it was so Google and Facebook, Uber and Stripe, I think. There might have been one more that I'm forgetting. But I think those I, are the I think four main like ones. Or, actually, or maybe I was Stripe. Um, but yeah. Yeah, something like that. I actually kind of don't remember anymore. But yeah, those are ones I remember. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like hearing, and I was like being like, I was like super proud of you because we literally just had the conversation like two weeks ago. And then you got like mm-hmm. fucking four insane offers. And uh, you ended with um, 
the Facebook one, right? Like that's the one. Yes, I ended up choosing Facebook. Uh, so that was like the one I was always aiming for in the end because I felt like um, culturally, uh, everything I've heard about working there and uh, like the career prospects afterwards was the best fit for me. So I really, really wanted a Facebook one, but that was also the one that I got last. Oh. Like I remember I got all these other offers and I just didn't even get a Facebook interview. I was like, please just give me an interview so I can like prove myself. But yeah, it never even yeah. came until like, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's fucking awesome. And, and I mean like, because like this internship doesn't start to like the following summer. So like during this mm-hmm. time after, after like your hard grind and like you actually finally achieved something that you are like looking forward to, uh, you mm-hmm. put yourself out there a lot. I remember like mm-hmm. you made a lot of new friends during this specific year like i don't know whether you yeah. uh, joined acapella during this year as well but you i know that slowly became like one of your more uh passionate um i guess hobbies uh throughout right. college right so yeah um yeah did you want to kind of like share like a lot of the stuff you've sure. done during this period yeah so what happened was basically like after i got my facebook offer like i finally let go of a lot of the pressure i had for myself career-wise because I had gotten my dream internship and all that was left was just to do well during the internship and I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. So that finally freed me up to like find that college experience, you know, that I keep memeing about that I kept wanting to find. Yeah. And one of the ways I found it was by joining Acapella. Yeah. I think like I'd searched for a really long time to find a group of people that I actually clicked with and I found it in Acapella. Mm-hmm. And I also kind of attribute like me being really social to one person that I met specifically um, a close friend of mine and she kind of introduced me to like all these things that I'd never really thought about before like she kind of took me out forced me to push my boundaries like introduced me to a lot of people introduced me to a lot of events and that kind of like I feel made mark like a shift in my mindset or like my social life like it wasn't until after that point that I started actually thinking of myself as having a social life during university but that's kind of like what I had yeah yeah, no, that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, I, I do remember mm-hmm. like you were a lot happier. Um, during, I mean, mm-hmm. not not that you weren't happy before, but you your mindset shifted, right? Like I I, I definitely felt just as a friend, I felt a sense of relief from you, and mm-hmm. you're kind of just more of just enjoying like the rest of your uh, college days. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you were you doing anything else other than acapella? I, I I'm not. I don't remember in terms of clubs and activities. Uh, I did join this service fraternity called Alpha Phi Omega. It's not, it's not really a frat. It's more just like a club. Oh, Uh, it was no idea. Like, wow. Okay, cool. I mean, I, I did, I was not really that involved in it, to be honest. Like I went to a couple events, met a couple people, but I wouldn't say it was like a thing that I really did that much. Okay. Um, other than that, like, I don't really think I did too much. I think it was mostly acapella and just like informal hangouts with people. Like I, I think I just tried a lot harder mm-hmm. to actually reach out to people, to actually like make new friends, like host stuff at my place and stuff like that. I had never really done that before until then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I guess um, so. So the the summer afterwards, like you, mm-hmm. you had like options to work at like different cities uh, once you accepted your uh, Facebook internship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what was like that like? The decision process like like do you prefer certain cities over others right so i'd actually already been to the bay area and i hated it because it just well sucks like it smells the traffic is really bad it has terrible infrastructure is really spread out all those things mm-hmm. um, new york wasn't on the table for facebook unfortunately so that only really left seattle which was also a good decision because i was dating a girl in vancouver at the time mm-hmm. so it made sense for close over the summer like you can it's like a couple hours drive just in between seattle and vancouver yeah yeah Okay, so you you um, essentially went to uh, 
Seattle during uh, like for your Facebook internship and uh, yes. what was that summer like man I I mean mm-hmm. I've heard some crazy like fun stories from like our mutual friends who were there at the same time um, oh man but yeah what was that like so work-wise I guess uh, it was good it was really great um, Facebook was pretty much everything I expected it to be it was kind of like the intensity of Amazon but with like that bright tech happy atmosphere of like generosity so like Facebook as an employer is really great because they give you everything like I had free housing I had free food I had all these like benefits and all these events that they hosted for the interns mm-hmm. I met a bunch of the other interns in my class who were all really cool as well I learned a lot I did well in my projects my return offer all those things so like work-wise like really good summer mm-hmm. And like personalized, like what was fun about that summer was that um, a lot of the people from UBC CS also ended up in Seattle at the same time. So like we kind of had this like crew that would go around doing a bunch of things throughout the summer. So that was pretty fun. Yeah. And like, I, I think like all the, so just, I, I think just for reference. So um, mm-hmm. even though you guys all worked at like different tech companies, essentially, I think all the yeah. housing was like the University of Washington dorms, right? Oh uh, yeah. I think like Tina Yang and Jack were around there. Yeah. Okay. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's also where uh, Code Ray, Ray Fu. Yo, shout out to uh, the Code yeah. Ray. Shout out to the Code Ray. Yeah, he was uh, in summer uh, in Seattle for the summer for Nordstrom. Yeah, and um, so yeah, like during this time, you like from a social perspective, you met like, like I guess you became like closer with like a lot of people. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Because um, like I knew these people because we all like UBCCS is not that big, but like I didn't really have a chance to hang out with them or really talk to them until we all hung out together over mm-hmm. the summer. Yeah, and um, like, were there any like kind of like fun, like specific, like defining like events and stuff that you guys kind of done? Like I remember I, I would hear like like I wasn't there during the summer right in Seattle, and but I would hear like right. oh yeah, one time you guys went um, like you guys asked like you guys um, said to like go to like DTF or something like that. And then like some girls, oh. like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I, 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 oh, I would no always way. hear these like funny yeah. stories from that summer. Oh, like yeah, was there yeah. one that like stood out to you? One that stood out for me was definitely the blog party. Uh, just because like, that's kind of when like, I really got closer to both Billy and Ray. Cause we actually like hung out for the first time. Okay. I see. Yeah. Also because of, like the funny meme stuff that kind of happened. Yeah, so, like, one is like, Billy and like his unnamed partner, but I won't name drop on this. Uh, she was actually a friend of mine who visited for, uh, who was just visiting me to go to this party. Yeah. And I remember like talking to her. I was like, yo, what do you think of uh, Billy? Though? She's like, yo, never. I would never. And then like literally two minutes later, I see them like making out on the dance floor. And I'm like, what the? And she tells me later, that's like, yo, I'm going to go home with Billy. And I'm like, what? The? <laughs> okay. Dude, yeah, I know. I, 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 I've heard about this, this story. Yeah. Oh, well. um, uh, it's super funny. And then the funnier thing is that like uh, the day after, like, I, I think it didn't go well or they didn't want to see each other again but like she was like crying the entire day so like ray had to like hold her hand and be oh, like yo you're you're a, you're a beautiful woman i was like damn billy what'd you do to this girl you know you broke her heart dude, so I... <laughs> it's a funny time dude i i love these guys man yeah no I, yeah. i've heard this story like multiple times okay so um i, I mean uh like i guess from a career perspective you were mm-hmm. working your ass off because I, I do remember talking to you around this time and you were like yeah. gunning for something uh called right. rock star right yes so yeah. what was that like like essentially you you put a, 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 again i would say like a lot of pressure on yourself to reach mm-hmm. to reach this specific status so what mm-hmm. was like that whole like process like yeah so uh how facebook works is when you get a return offer it's not just whether you got the offer or not but also how well you did so there's different tiers of return offer 
And the top tier for the return offer is the Rockstar or greatly exceeds expectations is the rating that you get. And what you get with this is a much higher signing bonus and much higher stock grant. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to get it, A, for the money, because money's nice, but B, also kind of like as a, um, I guess, pride thing for myself, because I had always wanted to do well in everything that I did, and I did achieve it to some extent. Mm -hmm. And I thought that like Facebook should be a continuation of that. So I put a lot of pressure on myself to just keep on like continuing that trend of like always achieving excellence. Uh, and that's why I was like putting pressure on myself. But, but the but, unfortunate thing is I did not get it in the end, despite trying so hard. Yeah, but but the thing is like, I guess just to put this uh, into perspective for a lot of people, like it's not fucking right. easy, like getting that specific title at a, right. like one of the best tech companies in the world, right? Like, like, yeah. uh, like you, you were interning with like, like you came from like UBC, a fucking no-name school, and you were interning at the same time as like people who came from like fucking MIT, Stanford, you know, mm -hmm. like all these like Harvard and shit. And it's yeah. like a very competitive like atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Like this is like not a fucking joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember that's... Um, that story you told about like introducing yourself. Do you want to like share oh, that no. story? Oh, <laughs> sure. I remember so like all the interns uh, when they started had to go around in a circle and like say like, oh, hi, my name is whatever. And I went to some school. So like uh, in a line, I was last and the interns before me were all like, hi, I'm X uh, from Harvard. Hi, I'm Y from MIT. Hi, I'm like A from Berkeley. And when it got to me, I was like so embarrassed. I was like, hi, I'm uh, David. And everyone was just like waiting like, uh-huh. I was like, that's it. I'm David. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, anyone it's 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 a bit hard breaking into uh, this area, you know. Once we came from like kind of just growing up in Vancouver, you know, not really understanding like what we were getting ourselves into, or that we could even like achieve this specific point. You know, yeah, the world is really big. I remember like coming from Vancouver, coming from Burnaby. Like I didn't know that there'd be like so much out there, so much competition, so many amazing people out there. And <laughs> oh, it's like kind of along the lines of what you're saying about like getting this rock star offer at Facebook. Like, I think, like, getting top of your class at UBC is one thing, but, like, when you come into a top tech company, like, everyone here is top of their class. They're already top of their class, and they were top of their class at some, like, super amazing school, and they're, like, super smart, done a ton of internships. So, like, imagine if, like, all your competition is a bunch of, like, top uh, one-ranked people. It's, like, super, super hard. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you you, you achieved, um, I believe, like, the second top tier, right? And you got it right after... Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, I guess um, so a afterwards you uh, went back to school for a bit, did you? Or no, you, you went on the trip with your boys from Capitol Hill. Oh, yeah. So after the Facebook internship was when I went to Southeast Asia. We went to Vietnam and Thailand and I had diarrhea the entire time. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't really hear much stories from you about that specific area because I don't think. Yeah, I think essentially you just told me that like you ate some pretty uh, sketchy food in Vietnam and like <laughs> I did not, my body did not like Southeast Asia because I was basically sick the entire time. And then as soon as I got to the airport to leave Thailand, my body started feeling lighter. So I actually think I was like cursed or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, damn. Uh, yeah, I think uh, at this point you had essentially one last semester left. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. it wasn't really an exciting point because I guess you essentially achieved where you wanted to, like, as you know, like a second or third year kid in. Yes. Knowledge, right. Like you got a, a pretty astounding return offer from Facebook. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I, I guess like um, I don't remember. I think this happened like a bit afterwards. But essentially, yeah, 
you you continue being a, a lot more social uh because you had like i think five months before your full-time uh internship started i'm sorry full-time right. job um, at facebook started you had like mm -hmm. a lot of opportunities to again be a lot more social and you travel to a bunch of places with i guess the the friends that you met during the summer internship right yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then um Actually, like what again? Another humble thing that like David Zhang doesn't necessarily share often is that, um, yeah. So <laughs> you got a like, usually in, in tech companies you would get a signing bonus, and I remember uh, you have a little sister, um, and she uh, I think recently got into a uh, good UBC? college. UBC. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I guess. UBC. Uh, yeah. Just used to be, you know, it's just like the Stanford of Canada, whatever. Exactly, um, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you, like, I remember, like, you kind of just casually mentioned to me, oh, yeah, you know, I was, like, helping out my parents, and you paid for her, like, tuition, right? Or, like, you're planning on paying for her tuition. Mm -hmm. when, yeah. Yeah, that's fucking, like, yeah. awesome. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that, that's something, like, I really want to highlight, because I, I think, like, to a certain point, sure, you know, these type of, like, tech careers, you know, whatever, tech companies and stuff, that's, like, that's, like, a like I would say like a middle step towards like what you like want to ultimately do. Right. Which I think in right. your case, to an extent, you want to be able to be in a good position to provide for your family. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Essentially. Yeah. Like the reason I did tech, like it's not particularly because I'm super passionate about writing code or anything, but it does let me get um, a lot of financial independence relatively quickly. And like, one of my goals was to a help my sister out and b to be able to provide for my parents retirement because they came here like mid-career and they kind of had to reset everything so it's really hard for them to save enough money to retire comfortably now without my help yeah and um i i remember like yeah i mean I, i've known you for like a long time i, I didn't know like this was kind of one of the things you were you know like looking forward towards doing and um i mm -hmm. kind of like want to dive into what like our like our life now you know and, and kind of like what you're looking forward towards the future because we we essentially you know we're like we reached the point of the story where um like it's like right now so throughout right. your um college years you've essentially mm -hmm. and you've achieved what you looked out to to do right like you got a extremely you know nice job uh, something like you're extremely happy with um to a certain mm -hmm. extent at a really nice company so what's next mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's actually something that I'm kind of asking for myself. Um, I guess like in the very short term, it'd be a promotion. I'd like to get a promotion because A, it's more money, and B, it also gives me more freedom because uh, as a junior engineer, it's hard to move around companies. Like people don't really want to hire juniors, but as you get more and more senior, you get more and more opportunities. So it affords me that in terms of career. But in terms of like any longer goals than that, like I kind of don't really know either career-wise. It feels like I've lost a lot of the fire that I used to have just because I've achieved all the things I wanted to already. Yeah. There's more like steps up the ladder at this point. Yeah. Cause actually I've, I've had this conversation with um, a lot of us who um, like a, a lot of my friends specifically from the business side in Toronto, um, right after mm -hmm. like graduating, a lot of us were gunning for like, the top like business jobs, right? Like consulting, investment banking stuff. And I remember I would, I would talk with them and then like, they don't know like what's next. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause we, we always had like this mindset, right? That we're like, do we need to like, you know, graduate from high school, get into a good college, graduate college, mm -hmm. get like a good job. Yeah. And we reached to a certain extent, like where we were satisfied, like satisfied and like comfortable with. And then right. um, 
a lot of times like um some of my friends in toronto they kind of mentioned like this wasn't what i was expecting like this wasn't mm-hmm. what i thought would end up and they don't like it's it's hard to keep themselves motivated to potentially like um like switch jobs right or careers because first of all they mm-hmm. worked like their whole fucking life for this very specific moment in which they right. achieve so and i, I would say right. like i think a lot of us we we have that like a, i guess a similar like thought process and mindset but i was, I was just kind of curious like mm-hmm. because you've worked so hard on your career now um have you made the effort to or like have you kind of thought about like other aspects of your life right like oh like, right. do you potentially want to settle down places you want to see um just like you know uh, developing like you know uh different types of like friend groups or just like other hobbies like you know dancing and stuff like have you right. kind of put more energy into like that aspect of your life yeah so i like definitely because so much of my time was occupied towards getting this job in the first place in the past and now that i have and it doesn't require as much effort to get promoted it frees up a lot of time to do other things mm-hmm. so those are like a lot of things that you mentioned like it's learning how to play piano it's learning how to dance it's like trying new things meeting new people and all that stuff I think that like one of the things that's kind of hard about getting in this position is that we don't have a clear goal anymore mm-hmm. we don't have it's like our life is not just on rails it's not just like do well in class get a good job get the internship whatever like all that part is over and now it's all open-ended which is why it's a lot harder to figure out what is next but i think for me personally at least my goals right now are all like to do with my personal life like it's about getting fit um it's about like having all these new experiences it's about experiencing seattle to the fullest extent i can it's about potentially moving to another city in the future and setting myself up for that mm-hmm. um the only unfortunate thing is because of covid a lot of those plans have been kind of halted yes. so now i'm just playing league of legends every day <laughs> but yeah, no, once sure. it stops i hope to resume that yeah and I actually I, I i tell a lot of like my friends this um about you um specifically david where you know like like you like david you're, you're someone who I feel like it, once you put your mind to something, like you will, um, to an extent, like achieve it or as closely as possible, right? Like you're, you're kind of like one of those people It's like, oh, you know, I, I generally believe if you like want to like switch into like law or some shit, like a year from now, like you'll like study the LSAT and you'll like potentially get into law school because that's just like the type of person you are, like to me at least. And just like watching you mm-hmm. grow up, um, that's kind mm-hmm. of like what like i know that you are able to achieve and it's it's nice and refreshing and honestly satisfying as a friend to see that you know we we came from again a small town in vancouver somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> and we not even like like think, think back to your, like your high school self like did you see yourself here like today because i know back then i didn't i just fucking played video games with a bunch of friends no i i definitely didn't i couldn't imagine what i'd be doing right now i I guess the only thing that I could have envisioned back then was that I would be somewhat successful because I think like me myself also believe that no matter what, not just me, but like anyone in general, as long as you put your mind to something and are willing to sacrifice enough can achieve what you want. And I knew I've really wanted this success for myself and for my family. So I knew I'd have that at least. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like I did not anticipate I'd be in Seattle right now working at a tech company with free food, for example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I, I, I definitely think like, yeah, life, life has definitely been interesting, especially when you, like, reflect on just how much you could potentially change in, like, five to ten years in general. I guess to close off um, mm-hmm. a bit of yeah. the specific episode, and just because I think we mm-hmm. essentially reached the point where we we know, like, a bit more about you in general. Um, 
I, I guess like mm-hmm. what's like one thing you're like looking forward to towards doing like for like mm-hmm. next year I, I know we talked about the broader like next step goals and stuff but right. um just more, one of the more like short-term immediate things like like what are you like looking forward towards um doing looking forward towards doing huh mm. in terms of career or like personal life just a- anything like you want to like just share for you i mean like it's just literally like our friend group who's going to be like listening to this anyway so that's true yeah i guess for me like it's always been a lifelong dream to live in um japan or in asia yeah so the prerequisite to that is getting senior enough at Facebook or at a different company so that I can actually like work remotely from there. Yeah, so no, I think my goal is to do that. And ideally, like if I could work for six months out of Tokyo, like I think that'd be super cool. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I guess just like a random question. I don't know. I've always been kind of curious if, if you're like this type of person. If you ever mm-hmm. like um, had an idea for a startup, would you pursue it or like... Mm-hmm. I if I really believe it, because like I know the opportunity cost for you is like massive if you do that. So, I think if I had something that I really, really believed in, I would do it. Um, Interesting. I, I think know. like if you're the type of person who like constantly thinks about doing something and like it keeps gnawing at like the back of your head, like I think I'm that type of person. Yeah. Like if I had an idea that was just constantly like you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, like I would probably do it, even if the opportunity cost was high, even if like it's very risky and I could lose out on everything. Yeah, no, for sure. Anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of like all of the stuff I've kind of wanted to like catch up with you on. I think it was like a yeah. really interesting conversation, to be honest. Hopefully you enjoyed it as well, David. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess this concludes the second episode of my podcast featuring... Thanks for listening, everyone. David Zhang. Okay, see you guys later. All right, peace out, guys.